Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper, and this is a podcast where we talk mostly sports, but hey, we'll talk about whatever else is on our minds. Outdoors, hobbies, movies, all the fun stuff. So sit back, grab a beverage, pull up a chair, and join me in the Man Cave for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Dan Casper here, your host as always. Appreciate you tuning in, however you're tuning in, as in like whatever podcasting platform you're checking out the pod on. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed last week's episode. That one was a lot of fun, taste testing all that bourbon. Shout out to to Mark and Phil, uh, especially like Mark given a, a big deep dive history on bourbon that shit i didn't even know about so uh it was a lot of fun because while well, we got to taste us six different bourbons so if you haven't checked out that uh, episode it's the episode right before this one that you're listening to right now so but uh well what are we gonna what are we gonna chat about here on this uh on this podcast well uh we got a little bit of everything sort of we're gonna talk a little hoops uh we're gonna talk a little golf going to talk a little football but uh let's let's kick it off with some quick hits here so uh, a couple of quick hits i'm a big documentary person as uh many of you know i love a good documentary so when i saw the trailer for the next e60 now remember i'm also not the biggest hockey fan but i'm starting to get into it a little bit more this year went to my first nhl game been paying attention to it a little bit more on the tube and you know starting to get into it a little bit more but uh, when I saw the trailer for the new e60 uh, doc on the on the Red Wings and the, and the avalanche rivalry from the 90s one that brought me back to the 90s love that thing but it's like you know I, I feel like that's that's a rivalry that doesn't get talked about enough even if it was just for a few years couple years in the 90s there even if it's not you know what it is anymore but that was that was an intense rivalry back then i mean you know when you think of when you think of rivalries in sports you think of duke north carolina you know your first ones are duke north carolina uh packers bears packers vikings Red Sox, Yankees, you know, you, you think of those type of rivalries right away. Um, and, you you know, go back to hoops, you're probably thinking maybe like the, the Bulls and the Knicks or the Bad Boy Pistons and the Bulls, Celtics, Lakers. But you, you kind of forget. I feel like we kind of overlook just how intense that rivalry was between the Red Wings and the Avalanche. So I'm glad they're, they're doing an E60 on this thing because – one, it, it kind of brings it back into, you know, out there for everybody else. Like, hey, remember this? Remember these two teams? Yeah, they freaking hated each other. So I would love to see more more stuff like this. Like, you know, I was trying to think, like, what was or what would be the the next, like, rivalry dock? Like, what would be the next best sports rivalry dock documentary that, that hasn't been made? I mean, you know, like when you look at, for example, like Green Bay and, and, and Chicago, I mean, that thing you could go from like the beginnings 
to what it is now. It's had its moments. It's been, you know, dominated by one team at certain times, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I kind of wanted to like, what was it? What was like, uh, uh, you know, a rivalry that maybe only lasted for a few years, but shit, it was intense. Maybe, you know, I don't know if I'd call like the Cowboys and the 49ers in the nineties that much. I mean, they were always just good and they were always going up at each other. I just, you know, trying to think of like two teams or two athletes, individuals that just like, did not like each other, and you saw it in the play. You saw it on the court. You saw it on the field. You saw it on the ice. You know, so I don't know. I was trying to think of that, and uh, you know, you got like Bulls and Knicks. I think would have been a good one in the in the nineties. Maybe Bulls and and Pistons and and that sort of thing. Um, you know, just just trying to think about that. And I mean, you can't even say anything about the AFC East with the Patriots for their reign because I mean, shit, they just dominated every team that they played against. So. Um, you got it. If anybody listening to this now is like, well, dude, it's, you know, this, this would be a good one or that one hit me up because I was trying to think of that the other day. And those were just kind of the couple ones I was kind of, you know, I kept going back to, you know, even like, even like baseball. I don't know if there is, I mean, yeah, you got like Cubs and Cardinals and that sort of thing, but I'm talking about just like really hate like, you know, Yankees and and Mets with that series there with Clemens and Piazza and you know Yankees and Red Sox in the early two thousands was pretty intense with Pedro throwing Zimmer down and you know Veritek uh, and and A Rod and and that so you know there's there's those ones there but I'm just glad that they're doing one on on the Red Wings and the Avs because that I think I, I'll be honest with you I kind of forgot about it. It's gone by the wayside, so I'm really glad they're they're bringing it back. Um, since you know this is our first uh, first episode of the pod since the Warriors won another championship, and a couple of the questions that are now going around with the Warriors is Steph Curry is he a top ten player of all time now? Are the Warriors dynasty one of the top five best of all time? And one I don't think is getting talked a whole lot about, but maybe should, and maybe it will if he gets another one, is is Steve Kerr, head coach, four championships now, nine total when you count his playing career. I'll start with the Steve Kerr thing. I know some people are saying, well, look at the situation he, he went into. Yes, Mark Jackson deserves some credit for getting the Warriors to be a competitive team again. And maybe his tenure was cut too short. but. Steve Kerr took him to another level, got a championship his first year, but continued that reign of success. Yes, he was surrounded with with great players on that team. So was Phil Jackson. So was Red Auerbach. It needs the NBA, basketball, you need good players to win. Sounds like a duh, no shit type of moment or comment. But don't discredit Steve Kerr for what he has done as a head coach because he has good players. Phil had great players. But you look at what those teams were doing beforehand, before Phil Jackson got there, before he got there with the Bulls and Jordan and Pippen and the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq, they weren't doing anything. But he took them up to the next level. At certain times, just teams, they get to a point where like, all right, we just need to get over that hump a little bit. And this is the guy to do it. Or we believe this is the guy to do it. The coach that could do it. And that's what Steve Kerr did with the Warriors. It's going to be interesting now because he's one championship away from tying Pat Riley and and Greg Popovich 
for five. And I think he's got a good shot at, at, at getting that. And if he does, I mean, you got to put him in the conversation for top five NBA coach of all time, don't you? I mean, if you're tied with Popovich and Pat Riley, two names that are consistently up there, Phil and Red Auerbach are probably, you know, easily top two. Maybe you're, you're flip-flopping the order there. But, you know, if Kerr gets another one, I think he's – You can, if you want to make the case he's top five, I probably wouldn't argue with you. I honestly probably wouldn't. But if he's not top five right now, he's just on the outside looking in. In terms of dynasty for the Warriors, I've got them at five. You want to put the Spurs in there, that's perfectly fine. You know, you got the Lakers with Shaq, Kobe, and Phil. They won three out of four. I'd put the Warriors ahead of them, even though I was a fan of Shaq. But you want to put the Spurs there with, with their championships. I wouldn't argue with you too much. The thing is with the Warriors, they're not done either. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if we can really put them on that ranking yet because they're not done. I mean, if they get another one or or get a couple more, well, they're really, really climbing up there. I think the Bulls and the Celtics are up there with uh, with the Showtime Lakers and, and those ball clubs, but I got them at five. If you got them at six and maybe you got the Spurs in because I had Jordan's Bulls, Showtime Lakers, uh, Bill Russell's Celtics in there, um, the, the Warriors I had in there, then Larry Burr. Was it Larry Bird Celtics? Yeah, Larry Bird Celtics in there too. So, but yeah, you want to you want to put Spurs in there? I'm good with it. If you want to, you know, keep the Warriors just on the outside looking in, I'm fine with it. But they win one more, there's no more arguing. They got to be in that top five. Got to be in that top five. But the thing is, with like the Warriors right now, though, too, they're getting to be a little bit annoying. You know, it it was like the Rams. Uh, La La Land over there winning the Super Bowl and, you know, kind of the L.A. life with the whole drafting. It was like, okay, now you're turning into the team that that annoys everybody, that nobody's going to like. And that's the Warriors right now, in my opinion. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, the, the, focusing on there because, especially after that, uh, was it the game in Boston where Clay Thompson was kind of criticizing the Boston fans for swearing and all that and, you know, just, you know, with, with like children in the stands. It's like, talk to your own player. Talk to Draymond Green. Dude says the same stuff, okay? Same stuff. It, I guarantee you that is not the first time you've gone to a game and heard some of that stuff. Is it right? Probably not. But you know that you've been in the league for how long, Clay Thompson? You've been in big-time moments. Stop playing the victim cards or stop playing these type of cards where it's like, yeah, they, you know, stop whining. Just freaking stop whining. Draymond and, and Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson especially. I mean, then, you know, doing the whole going after the Grizzlies sort of thing. I was just like, guys, let the play do the talking. You could do your subtle jabs like Steph Curry did with, you know, the zero. I don't know if you guys saw that, but, you know, squinting with the zero looking through his eyes. That was a shot at, like, Kendrick Perkins and um, blanking on the other player. But they said, you know, after it was a couple years ago when Steph Curry signed that huge contract that he wasn't going to win any more championships. You could do a little subtle thing like that. But to go, I mean, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, guys are annoying now. I'm sorry, but it's annoying. You want a damn championship, okay? That's the ultimate trash talk card right there let the play speak for itself jordan trash talked he won championships 
You just won a championship. Stop going out there and making these stupid comments. Just, fo- just, just stop. Just stop. Jordan never went out and did that. He, t- he might have he used it as motivation. But I mean, come on. This is this is ridiculous to go out to go out there after a championship and just be, you know, what's the word I'm trying to look for here? It's it's, you know, the whole Grizzlies thing and then during a series commenting on the Celtics fans for swearing when you when you do the same damn thing or you've heard it before, give me a break. It's just just petty. Pettiness. It really is. All right. I uh, tell you what. I'm going to take a quick break here. And then a couple more things coming up here. Uh, for No, look, you know what? Before that, I got one more um, quick hit because speaking of hoops, I'll do a mock draft. I did it on the radio show, but I might as well revisit it. But uh, one more quick hit. I want to talk about Gronk here. Gronk calling it a career second time. I, I believe that he's going to be coming back at some point later in the season. I just feel like it. he can't say no to Tom Brady. So something's going to happen, or they're going to be you know, just one player short or something like that. He's going to call his boy Gronk, and he's going to come back. So I feel like Gronk is going to come back at some point. But the thing is, I think Gronk is the best tight end to ever play. And I feel like there's going to be a few people that won't put him as the best tight end to ever play the game of football because this personality, he's a goofball. He goes out there, he's like a frat boy, he's having fun and dancing and, and all that sort of stuff. And and when you think of the best players of all time, you don't think of a guy with like a personality like Rob Gronkowski. But in terms of the play on the field, that dude could block. He was physical and a huge receiving threat down the field. I'm a defensive back. One, there's a lot of tight ends I don't want to take one-on-one, but Gronk being probably the main guy out there. So the fact that he was a two-way tight end, you can line him up in line, block, outside, slot. He could take over a game. So to me, Gronk is the best tight end to play. No offense to Tony Gonzalez. He was my number one for the longest time. Gronk's a better blocker. I like that versatility with, with the tight end group. But I think Gronk's coming back. So don't uh, don't don't get too comfortable with retirement life so far. All right, now quick break. Do an NBA mock draft. And then after that, uh, we'll do a little uh, do a little closing statements here. I got uh, I was thinking about this with the live tour, and I just got some random thoughts on it. So we'll be back after uh, this quick break. Hey, we're just taking a quick time out to remind you to follow me on the socials on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Remember, it's Casper with a K. And once in a while, I like to do a Q&A segment with you all. So I'm always looking for questions. Hit me up with a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with a question for an episode on the Man Cave Podcast. Sports, movies, hobbies, Bigfoot, it doesn't matter. Send those questions on over. All right, so I did a first-round mock draft. I love the NFL draft, but this year I'm going to try to do an NBA mock draft. I'm going to try to do an NHL mock draft. I'm going to do a pro baseball MLB draft. I love drafts, so I've been challenged to do uh, these drafts here, or at least I challenge myself, I should say, to do these. Um, So I did on a radio program, but might as well revisit it here. And uh, I'll just tell you again, like I said on the – on the radio show that uh, I guarantee you I will mispronounce half these, maybe more than half of these players' names, okay? But this is what I'm going to roll with. I'm going to set the line for me to get uh, three and a half. 
If I get over three and a half correct on this thing, I'll be ecstatic. The thing is, I used to be big into the NBA draft. I used to love the NBA draft before the NFL draft. Um, and that was when I was big in the NBA as a kid. But uh, I remember watching it and and going over the picks and, and all that fun stuff. I mean, I, I told this story before, but I remember my first mock draft. It was a basketball mock draft. I think it was Basketball Digest, the magazine. And it was the Paul Pierce draft and Michael Oluwakandi and, and Mike Bibby draft. And I just remember it was in the middle of this magazine looking at it. That was my first exposure to to mock drafts. And maybe that was the first Maybe that was the first, but I remember, you know, football ones and Sports Illustrated and, and Packer Report too, but that basketball one just kind of stands out to me the most. But again, this is I'm gonna try it. So here we go. Let's just let's just jump into this thing. So Orlando's got the first pick. My former favorite team of all time, the Orlando Magic. Um I feel like we know who the top three players are going to be in this draft, but there's some unknown as to what order they're gonna come through. So I'm going to go Jabari Smith from Auburn at number one to Orlando. Oklahoma City, I'll go Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. Dude's got to add some weight, though, and some size to it. Uh, Houston, I'll go with Banchero from Duke. Number four, Sacramento. Everybody's talking about Sacramento's going to trade this pick for this player. And I'll go Jaden Ivey from Purdue. Uh, we've got Detroit at number five. Benedict. Matherin. 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 Yeah, yeah. See, I can't even read my own damn handwriting. Kid from Zona. Benedict. Um, Keegan Murray going from uh, Iowa to Indiana at number six. Dyson Daniels going to number seven uh, to, to Portland. We're going to go uh, Jeremy Sochin from Baylor. He's going to go to New Orleans. Osmani Dang from New Zealand. He's going to go to the Spurs at nine. Washington, Johnny Davis, Badger, going to go there at number 10. The Knicks, Shaden Sharp from Kentucky, he'll go over there. Number 12, Oklahoma City, Thunder again, A.J. Griffin at Duke. So they get A.J. Griffin and Chet Holmgren with uh, two picks so far here in the uh, in the draft. I can never say this kid's name right. I know he was player of the year. I can never say it right, so I'm going to try again. Abaji. I hope I said it right. I don't know why. That G just throws me off. It just completely screws around with my brain. So save your comments if I mispronounced it. But Abaji from Kansas going to Charlotte at number 13. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara is going to go 14 to Cleveland. Charlotte's back up on the clock. Jordan's going to give a little shout-out to his former rival, Penny Hardaway. Jalen Duran from Memphis is going to go at 15. Um, we're going to go with um, uh, Ralakai Branham from Ohio State at 16 to Atlanta. Blake Wesley, 17, going to Houston. 18, Mark Williams from Duke. He's going to go to the Bulls. Bulls going to add some size there. Uh, Tyrone Washington from Kentucky. He's going to go to the T-Wolves. EJ Little from Ohio State is going to go to the Spurs. At number 20, 21, Dale and Terry from Zona. Going to go number 21. Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. is going to go 22 to Memphis. Philadelphia 76ers, they're going to get Jaden Hardy at 23. 24, the Bucks they're going to go Wendell Moore Jr. from Duke. Spurs, 25, they're going to go Nikola Jovic from Serbia. 
we got uh, Beauchamp going to 26 to the Mavericks. We're going to go with uh, Jake Laravia, Laravia from Wake Forest. Uh, he's going to go to Miami at 27. And then we got uh, Walter Kessler from Auburn, defensive center, going to go to Golden State Warriors. Then we're going to go with uh, number 29 from Gonzaga, Andrew Nebhard. He's going to go to Memphis. And then Oklahoma City, Christian Brown going to Kansas. So there you go. That's that's what I got right there from my, my NBA mock draft. Okay. Last break. Screw it. We're not going to go to a break. We're just we'll just keep it going. Closing statement time here on the podcast, all right? So, Live Golf is probably the biggest story, most talked about thing in the world of sports right now, right? It probably is. Regardless of what side that that you're on, that's not what I want to get into here. I've got a theory. I don't know if they'll come out and say it especially with with a couple of these but I got a couple theories with uh with live golf I feel like live golf is almost going to be kind of like the the champions tour in an essence but live golf to me from from the players that are going over there right now a couple things stand out to me one if you're past your prime yet you're a big name, you're going to go to live golf and earn some extra cash than maybe what you would on like the champions tour, Phil Mickelson. Okay. Sergio Garcia. I know Phil won a PGA championship over a year ago. Um, Sergio won a masters a couple years ago. Odds of that happening though, not gonna, it's not great. So I feel like if you are a big name golfer, but you're past your prime, maybe, well, you're going to make more money doing live golf in less amount of tournaments than what you will do on the Champions Tour. And then, you know, you don't have to do the PGA Tour or maybe miss these cuts. That's one thing that's standing out to me. Two is big-name younger players, but maybe their body just not lasting. DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, those type of players. You know, they've battled some injuries already. And we know DeChambeau's swing, I mean – it's so violent, he's going to put some major pressure on that back of his, his knees, shoulders. I mean, it's you just wonder how long he's going to last. So I feel like, again, it's for those, okay, guys are still big names, guys that can still go out there and, and maybe win some tournaments, but they can kind of tell the body's starting to wear down. So preserve their bodies, go on the live tour, play fewer tournaments, but win some cash. And then the third thing, I feel like the live tour is for golfers who don't like to golf, but they golf because they're good and they get paid. Like Dustin Johnson, I don't know the guy, but I've heard you know stuff and read stuff that maybe he doesn't like golf that much. He's good at it, and he golfs it. Brooks Kepka wanted to play baseball, not golf. He's good at it. So I feel like the live tour is perfect for those type of players that they don't like golf, but they know they're good at it and they make a lot of money. So, hey, let's do a live tour where I'm going to make more money and I don't have to golf as much. Perfect. 
those are the three things that have stood out to me so far seeing these these golfers go to the live tour guys that are past their prime but maybe bigger names Phil Sergio Westwood guys that could kind of tell that their body is taking a beating and and you know what maybe they could still pe- compete for some major championships but you know they they're not going to be able to golf as as many tournaments or they want to try to preserve their body and not golf as many tournaments on the PGA Tour. So they're going to do live tour, make more money, less tournaments, preserve their bodies for the major championships. That's a DeChambeau. That's a Brooks Kepka. And then I look at the third part in this. It's Maybe it's for golfers for who just don't like golf and they're going to go and do it because they're good at it and they make a boatload of money. So if they don't like it, they don't have to golf as much. That's a Dustin Johnson and a Brooks Kepka for me. That that's kind of what it it's looking like for me. It really is, and maybe the PGA Tour is just going to develop into a tour that it's going to be the golfers that actually enjoy playing golf. They love playing golf. I mean, Rory McIlroy feel like is in almost every dang tournament. That guy loves golf, right? So that's where I feel like the PJ Tour is just going to get those dudes that that love golf. And, and if you're the PJ Tour, yeah, you're going to be missing out on some big names. You're going to be, you know, television-wise, money-wise, understand all that. But at least you know you'll have the golfers that actually want to be on the course and compete and love the game of golf. I don't know. That's just my perspective. That's just my thoughts looking from the outside in. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the the Man Cave Podcast. Hey, I I appreciate all of you tuning in and and all of the support and and uh, you know I don't know. I was just going to try to. I just wanted to say thanks to everybody out there, whether it's the radio show or the or the pod. You know, thanks for everybody who's always you know lately kind of sending over some positive notes, some positive vibes and and uh, messages and that. So I appreciate it. Um, I know not everybody likes the show or the pod or or me, and I get that. I understand that. It's your opinion. It's like every you know everybody's got their own opinion. They got their right to their own opinion. But uh, to those um, that do listen and uh, do support it, big thanks. Appreciate y'all. So, uh, but thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Okay, don't forget to subscribe and tell tell your family, tell your grandma about the podcast. All right, have a good one. Till next time, we'll talk to you soon. Hey everyone, Dan again. Before I let you go, I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. If you could do me a favor though and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give it a five-star rating, that would be awesome. Don't worry, it's free to subscribe. And make sure you're following me on Twitter at Dan Casper. Remember, that's Casper with a K. And liking the page at Facebook at facebook.com slash Casper Sports. See you next time in the Man Cave.